the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And good evening, one and all, and welcome to the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and on Simul TV. If you'd like to send me an email with your comments, your suggestions, or your hate mail, that's all the same to me. For the past 30 years, it's been the same email address, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. To find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for all the programming information about the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Visit simultv.com and in the search engine, just type in Exxon. My guest this hour is John Miller, and uh, John is the author of 10 published books on varying uh, genres, a talk show guest for numerous programs. John is mostly known for his pioneer research in emerging field. He has defined as Christian ufology. He has been contributing to this field for over 25 years now. 
John's interest in understanding the paranormal began at the early age of five years old after hearing his grandmother's tale of seeing a UFO about a hundred years ago. Now, what makes his great-grandmother's tale unique is that she was an exceptionally devout Christian, the wife of a Pentecostal minister from the Bible Belt. Now, this story and others, uh, several otherworldly encounters of his own, have fueled uh, John's quest to understand the unseen realms. Then, when uh, John reached uh, the age of 21, it just uh, like his great-grandmother, he was visited by none other than Jesus Christ in a vision. Since then, he has become a devout Christian. Joining me now to talk more about Christian ufology is my guest this hour, Exxon Nation, John Miller. And John, welcome back to the Exxon. Thank you for uh, having me back on. It's a great pleasure talking to you, John. Um, tell us a little bit more about your your visitation or your vision of Jesus. Oh, wow. So that didn't come until uh, after I got out of the Army. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I had a dream when I was 12 years old that I went to heaven, but uh, in that dream I, I didn't see God or Jesus. Uh, unless, of course, you count it in, a, in the form of an eagle, I did see uh, an eagle in a tree, mm-hmm. uh, which was just the most amazing uh, experience. And I've heard that Jesus will take that form sometimes, uh, representing the office of prophet. Uh, but... The dream that I had when I was 21 was pretty much during the darkest time of my life. Uh, I was living a pretty worldly life back then, and um, during that time when I was per- probably the farthest away from God, um, I had a dream that he, he came to me. Um, I write about it in uh, one of my books, uh, The Eagle Star Prophecy, and uh, when I woke up from the dream, I was recalling elements of the dream, uh, that there was someone that was with me, uh, showing me these different things, but whoever this was, he was mm-hmm. invisible. And at one point I remember even looking at the seat that he was sitting in, but, um, I could see the indentation of the seat, but whoever it was, he made himself not visible to me. Hmm. And, uh, I was sitting there in my bed, in my room, just recalling the dream until I got to that point. And it, everything was just so crisp and vivid. And, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Who was that in that chair anyway? And I actually said it, you know. Uh, when I verbalized the question, I literally heard the the name Jesus answered in my ear audibly, coming from the middle of my room. And it floored me. I, I was just freaked out and blown away. Uh, and when he spoke, uh, there's something that happens when God speaks that you know it's true. You you can't refute it. Every fiber of your being knows that it's the truth. Uh, he speaks, when he speaks, his word is truth, and it's irrefutable. You can't argue with God. Uh, so when I heard him speak this name, his name in my ear, which I wasn't expecting, uh, it changed me in an instant. And uh, I guess it was like, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge, how he has his dream? Mm-hmm. You know, he's bah humbug when he goes to sleep, right. and he's... Mr. Joyful Christmas the next day. Yeah. Uh, so that night when I went to bed, I was just, you know, pretty much it was another grim day like I'd been experiencing, uh, depressed and 
having all kinds of problems. And when I woke up the next day, I felt like all this weight had lifted off of my shoulders when I heard him speak that name. And in an instant, it was like he, he revealed to me, you don't have to be carrying all of this. In fact, I'm just going to take it all away from you. And all the addiction, everything that I was dealing with, just gone. Uh, and I was like a dithering madman for a little while there. Uh, just I didn't know what to do with myself. Uh, but um, I did a 180 in my life at that point. And, uh, but there were things in my life, uh, there were elements of my personality that still remained the same. One thing I always have been was, was a seeker, a questioning person. Uh, even at a young age. Uh, so uh, I'd always had that intense sense of understanding that this world that we're in is not all that's there, that um, that we're surrounded by beings all the time. So it's basically just a spiritual awareness, and I was always studying things like UFOs mm -hmm. and ghosts and paranormal. But now I was like suddenly light switched on. I'm a Christian now, but I still know all these things. And so I started reading the Bible, and instantly I'm seeing kind of like all the stuff that I had been reading about from every other source of literature was here in the Bible. Um, and so that's how I started this phase of reconciling, like how can I believe these two different things that are commonly thought of as opposing, uh, but reconcile this. Uh, and all of my books are kind of like in that vein of sort of reconciling faith with all of these other things. You know, I, I understand what you're talking about, and I agree with you 100%, because when you really look at the Bible, the Bible is a history book. It's a history book, prehistory. And it gives us all the answers, and all we need to do is open up to the possibilities. Ezekiel's wheel the thunderous cloud on Mount Sinai that handed Moses the Ten Commandments. And the Bible is filled with these examples that were put in a metaphor that the people who wrote these could understand. And I think that as we progress in time and as science and as researchers like yourself and, open, and thinkers like yourself bring forward the information, people listen and they say, you know what? That makes sense. And I, and I believe that God talks to everybody. It's, it's just a very few that actually listen. Yeah. Uh, as a familiar with computer programs and operating systems, to me it only makes sense yeah. that God would create his life forms with backdoor access. Exactly. Uh, and he, he communicates with everyone, mm -hmm. even the most ungodly people. There is a level of backdoor access that he has where he can talk with them. And, of course, uh, a lot of these people are going to be completely rejecting him, rejecting what he stands for, uh, rebelling. Uh, and this is, we're an open book to God. Yep. So, you know, we, we can kid ourselves and lie, and or we can convince ourselves that God doesn't exist. Um, he's fully capable of revealing himself anytime he wants, mm -hmm. but he's more interested in what's in our heart. Uh, what kind of things do we want to be true? What do we hope for? That's right. Uh, and the way to determine that is to hide and access us via back door and have conversations with us in our sleep mm -hmm. and in our subconscious. 
and uh, continue to just be a part of our lives and try to guide us to him. Um, and hopefully we can eventually snap out of it. John, you and I have to take our first break. Please stand by. And Nation, here's a couple of websites to uh, find out more about our guest this hour, John Millar. Uh, let me see. The first one is thestrongdelusion.net, and his Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash John Millar, and that's J-O-H-N-M-I-L-O-R. And for all John's books, all you need to do is go to amazon.com. John and I will return on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, right here from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. John Millar is our special guest. Uh, we're talking to John about um, a field that he defined as a Christian ufology. Now, you've had other paranormal experiences. You've had uh, experiences that most people would find hard to understand or even accept. Can you share some of these experiences with our audience, John? Uh, well, okay, uh I'm going to drop back to my early childhood. Okay. Um, I, I recall uh, actually seeing demons mm-hmm. uh, in my, my room with um, when I was about five years old. Uh, it was near Halloween. It might have even been Halloween night. Um, but I do remember waking up in the middle of the night, and there were these um, little beings that were like about two feet long, two to two to three feet long, and the room was flooded with them. They were like a glowy greenish color, and uh, they looked like, uh, ironically, your stereotypical ghost, like this blob of light, like a person with a sheet over their head. Hmm. Uh, they were semi-transparent. Uh, they were luminescent, like glowy green. Yeah. And they had black eyes and a black mouth, and they emanated pure fear. And uh, they struck terror in me. Uh, I was paralyzed in my bed. They wouldn't allow me to move. Every time I tried to move, they would rush up into my face. And there was probably a good 30 or 40 of them in the room at least. And they were flying all over the place. I tried to call out to my brother to wake him up. And uh, it, they made him like, well, I, he wasn't waking up. And they took my voice. So I couldn't even call for help. And I stayed awake all night, so that's how I know that I, I wasn't dreaming, is because I was wide awake with terror all night, and I couldn't uh, move in my bed. And they stayed there until daylight came into the room, and then they left. Uh, so at that young age, I knew the realm of the demonic was real. Uh, so m- when my great-grandmother, I'd go to her house, 
uh, choose the, the devout Christian I told mm-hmm. you, I mentioned. Yeah. Or you did in the intro. And so she didn't like talk about demons, of course. Uh, she's not going to want to strike terror in, in kids or anything, but I knew that they were real. So uh, when she talked about angels and stuff, uh, I was always in tune and wanting to know how do you get rid of bad stuff. And I remember the word rebuke when I heard that word for the first time. I used to think of it as like a, a magic spell word that, you know, oh, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. you got to know that. And I remember my brother teaching me that. And uh, when I got old enough to start reading the Bible, uh, when I came across Second Thessalon- Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 12, and it talks about this deception, that stuck with me and it terrified me because the reality of the demonic realm was very real and personal to me. Uh, and I uh, hear this thing about the Antichrist, you know, uh, is telling me that this person's coming in the future and it doesn't matter what you believe in terms of people all over the world from all these different religions and walks of life are going to believe this guy. There's going to be something about him, some kind of deception he's going to bring with him that's just going to dupe so many people. It's going to be amazing. Uh, how he's going to do this. So that, even when I was not really a firm believer Mm -hmm. uh, until I was 21, uh, that still was a part of my psyche, and it was bubbling in there even when I was in my disobedient years. Uh, So when I first became a believer after my experience, that's when I started reading the Bible, and immediately I'm connecting dots with Uh, starting in Genesis chapter 6, I read about the Nephilim, and to me, that was just obvious. Uh, Those who descended from the sky, yeah. Excuse me? I said the the definition of Nephilim are those who descended from the sky, right? Correct, the fallen ones. Right. Uh, When the sons of God married the daughters of men, and then they had children that were genetic freaks of nature. Uh, They were giants, and some people debate the definition of giant as being like some translations saying six feet, but even King Saul was six feet, and it doesn't say anything about him being a Nephilim. Uh, I refute that doggedly, that these were actual no-kidding giants. They stood probably around uh, Goliath, nine feet tall. Uh, King Og, his bed was 13 feet. You know, uh, these were gigantic people, and there have even been reports of these people still on the earth today in Afghanistan. Uh, I personally talked with someone who said he shot one. He was a sniper uh, in the Army at the time. So I think that they're still out there, and they're still alive. And um, all of that started from that young experience from when I saw that otherworldly, the dark side. Uh, but then later in life, I saw the light side. So I've fortunately uh, seen both sides of the spiritual spectrum. And uh, those elements feed into part of who I am today. Why, did the, why do you think that these, these entities from the dark side attacked you or, or, or were with you the entire night? What do you think they were trying to accomplish? Uh, they might have, they might be like around these kind of things all the time. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, they're always on the lookout for people that will be able to see them or know them. Uh, something about certain people will draw them. And you may be up that same alley because it's probably no mistake that you're doing a show like this. Uh, you may have a similar background. Uh, and if certainly you've talked to people that do. Mm-hmm. But some people tend to attract this kind of stuff. And I'm one of them. I've had even been told to me that if you've never had anything odd happen to you in your life, just hang around with me for a little while. And sure enough, you're going to start becoming aware of some strange things that you maybe didn't notice before. Let me ask you, John, what is the strangest thing that has ever happened to you? The strangest? Yeah. Well, it's hard to say (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I've literally written books about strange, all these different things that have happened to me. Um, I've swapped a part of my spirit with someone on one occasion uh, and then psychically found this person again after being separated for three years, uh, psychically. Uh, And that was just by pure randomness. Um, But aside from that, probably the most verifiable event uh, I wrote about in Aliens in the Bible, and that's when uh, I was in the Army, and uh, this glowing ball of light came out of the jungle, flashing. Okay, so so what do you mean a light came out of the jungle? Uh, okay, um, it was about midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was during the, the Panamanian invasion. Uh, I was in the Army, and I was deployed to Panama, uh, during uh, Operation Nimrod Dancer, I was an M60 gunner, and I was on guard duty at the time in the jungle. Uh, and I saw this glowing ball of light that would be flashing on and off. And when it wasn't flashing, it was completely transparent, completely invisible, and completely silent. Uh, it was about the size of a soccer ball, and it was bright as a camera flash extremely bright glowing ball of pure energy. Uh, I uh, knew about a lot of things back then. It wasn't ball lightning. Uh, Characteristics of ball lightning is a constant ball of light that shoots around until it hits something and dissipates, and it wasn't doing that. Uh, We didn't have drones back then. It uh, was down inside the trees. It wasn't any kind of laser or anything like that, uh, that requires line of sight. It wasn't swamp gas. There's nothing in any technology or any biology textbook that could describe what this was. But a Dungeons & Dragons book would say it was a will-o'-the-wisp. This glowing ball of light came straight to our position. Uh, I wasn't the only one who saw it. The guy that was with me, I told him I was going to communicate with it. He was freaking out. Um, they used to make fun of me in the army, uh, because I talked about ghosts and stuff and, but he wasn't making fun of me anymore. I can believe that. (laughs) And, uh, he, he didn't want me to try to talk to it, but I just ignored him. And, uh, I went out and I said, uh, I mean, you no harm. I'm here in peace. Uh, never mind the M60 over there with the 750 rounds of ammo. Uh, uh, cause I disarmed myself and I set the weapon aside and, um, this thing, whatever it was, it didn't speak any kind of known language, but uh, while it was invisible, I felt it move toward me, and its presence was extremely powerful, like somebody rushing straight toward you. Wow. Uh, 
I felt it fly right over my head. Uh, I even had night vision goggles that I was yeah. using, and you can't see it with night vision. And I, f- I did a complete 180, and I told the other guy, I said, I don't know how I know this, but the next time it flashes, it's going to flash right there. And I pointed to this spot up in the trees. Right where I pointed, that's where it flashed, and it flashed when I said the word there. And I, I freaked out. I was like ecstatic. I, I mean, I told the guy that was with me, I said, did you see that? It, it knew where I was. It made me feel where it went, and it was waiting for me to point where it was before it flashed. Man. It totally communicated. It's sentient. It's alive, and it's observing us. Uh, all right, John, hold on here, buddy. Around our perimeter and, John, hold on. We've got, to take, we've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. So, Exo Nation, John Miller and I will return on the other side of this break to continue this very interesting conversation. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Nation John Millar is our special guest this hour. Here's three websites, www.thestrongdelusion.net. Uh, he also has one, aliensinthebible.com. His Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash John Millar. And all his books are available on amazon.com. All right, please continue this story. You, last Before we went to the break, you were pointing to a spot in the trees, and when you said there, it appeared. Yeah, yeah, it flashed. Uh, so it basically let me know that it was, in fact, sentient. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it let me know where it was located. And uh, so somehow it was able to telepathically relay to me its location. Um, it was a very strange feeling, like chills and just this energy that I felt that I knew where it was located. Uh, It did a circle around our perimeter, flashing as it went, and then it went down deeper into the jungle, and it visited two other guard posts, and the next day the people at those guard posts both told me that they also saw it. Uh, And then it just went back off into the jungle. Uh, And if you read about uh, some a mythical thing called Mm Will-o'-the-Wisp, they behave in that similar ma- manner, they try to evoke curiosity and get you to follow them. Uh, and they're not good because they try to get you to follow and fall into a pit or something if you follow them, according to the legend. But uh, I suspect that whatever spawned that legend was probably what we saw. You know what? It all Is it possible that what you encountered was the exact same thing that they encountered at Randlesham Forest in the United Kingdom? It's possible. Um, if that's the one, well, there was one where they actually saw a UFO there, right? Well, they, they never really saw what it was, but they did see a light. And we've, okay. you know, we've spoken to um, 
Colonel Halt and, and the other members that were there, and they never said that they saw a UFO. They saw a light. Mm-hmm. So that's it could what, have been. Yeah. This thing was incredibly bright, and it was pure energy. Um, I kind of have this theory that there's this whole range of what I would call transdimensional entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may be a part of God's natural order of creation, but they're they're sort of in an in-between or... Uh, they're able to shift in and out of this dimension. Uh, I don't know if they're native to this dimension or not, but uh, I've talked to people that had lived in Thailand, and there's this other kind of creature that lives there. Talked to two different people that did not know each other, and Hmm. they were from Thailand. And they talked about this one creature that will sometimes materialize in the jungles, and uh, it's like from the legs down, it's semi-transparent, so it looks like it's floating. And it has eyes on the side of its head, and it has the face kind of like a head and face kind of like a horse. But it's got these really long gangly arms and huge claws, and it'll straight up kill people. And uh, this thing attacked my friend's brother uh, because they hate noise. So if you go out into the jungles in Thailand, if you make a lot of noise, and one of these things is around, uh, it may kill you. Uh, so I, I thought that... Uh, my friend in um, high school, I thought that this was just a crazy story, but mm-hmm. when I brought up the same story to another lady a couple of years later, when she said she was from Thailand, she's like, oh yeah, you know, only you in America don't believe those things, uh, but we know those are common. Uh, she had a name for it, but um, uh, and I don't remember the name, but apparently people from Thailand see these things and they're common. And um, that's just one example. Um I have a theory also, and it's it's not the I'm not the only one with the theory, but it could be that Bigfoot uh, might be another example of a creature that has, say, a transdimensional uh, capability. Uh, that maybe that's why we can't see them all the time. That's why they can creep right up on us, and we see them one second, and we're they're gone the next. But it's huge. How the hell did they sneak around like that? Um, Maybe it's because they're Nephilim, they're part gorilla, part human or something, and they're incredibly smart and they're just really evasive. Um, But there may be a whole range of of creatures like that. Um, My latest book that I've been working on, The Strong Delusion, I studied uh, the Koran and the Hadiths and a lot of Islamic literature, and it turns out they have something called the jinn. Yeah. they match the description of the Nephilim, and in that book I actually have a comparative analysis of the two. I think they're the same thing. Um, there's two categories of Nephilim. Nephilim can either be part angel, part human. They can also be part angel, part animal. Um, that's one of the reasons why people describe demons as having horns and being like part animal, because they literally were, at one point in time, physical beings that were alive. Yes. Like like a Taurus or mm-hmm. a centaur, something like that, yeah. uh, part bull, part angel. So the humanoid angel, humanoid in appearance angel, uh, mixed with an animal, and they come out, uh, the, all these bizarre variations, Pan, you know, part goat, part mm-hmm. human. Yeah, Greek mythology, uh, yeah. A lot of mythologies are based on it. Uh, I don't think it's any accident that these mythologies from many different cultures all over the world as many as 600 of them mm-hmm. uh, have references to these parts, humanoid part animal creatures, and a lot of instances have these beings as having supernatural abilities 
um, having a trans-dimensional structure uh, or uh, capability would fall in line with that. Uh, their ability to pop in and out of this dimension would be kind of like us holding our breath and jumping into a swimming pool and swimming underwater. We could do it for brief periods of time. It's not our native environment, but we can do it. Uh, and they may be able to pop in and out of our world in a similar way. Tell us about your theory on UFOs. Where do they come from? What is their purpose? Do they pose a threat to, to humanity? Okay. Uh, so uh, I, I have a chapter in uh, The Strong Delusion where, where I talk about um, how uh, the Christians, the, the traditional view is that uh, aliens and UFOs, they either don't exist or mm -hmm. they're all demonic. Right. So those are kind of the, the original views. Uh, but there is a lesser known view that it's all divine or primarily divine. Um, Barry Downing, he's a author. He's in his 80s now. Yeah, we've had him on the show a number of times, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I've spoken with him a number of times. Uh, he's a really great guy. Yes, he uh, is. He does believe that there's bad ones also, but he focuses more on the good ones. Uh, I'm kind of like balancing all of it. I think there's good ones and bad ones. The Bible tells us there's fallen angels and there's good angels. It also says that there's things called the host of heaven, and that's not necessarily an angel because humans are considered hosts. The same word to describe vast numbers uh, refers to humans also. Um, so I, I think that you have good ones and you have bad ones. Um, so I'm not going to call it all demonic, and I think the Bible has examples of good ones, like in mm -hmm. Ezekiel chapter 1 and 2, or 1 and 10. Uh, you have... Uh, but you have a lot of bad ones, too, and there's a lot of examples of those. Uh, Nephilim, for example, uh, are examples of bad ones. That's fallen angels coming here and almost destroying our world. That's why God brought the flood of Noah. So when it comes to UFOs and aliens, they have different agendas. It depends on what their alignment is. Mm -hmm. uh, depends on who they're following and what their objectives are. Um, but doesn't it also... Doesn't it also depend on what the beliefs of a person are as to whether or not the uh, the God connection is actually within ufology? Yes, I, I believe. Um, but uh, people, if they don't have a solid solid foundation in their faith, they can easily be pulled, pulled mm -hmm. away or, or led astray. Um, one example can be that one of these earlier books, um, gosh, what's the na lady's name? Um, the Betty something. Uh, I, I read this book about a lady, and she, she was calling it all divine and everything. Right. Uh, and, but the beings that actually visited her actually called themselves the Watchers. And if she was maybe a little bit more knowledgeable on her scripture, she would have known from the book of Enoch that the Watchers were primarily bad. They were fallen angels. And they were straight up telling her that they were the watchers. So if she knew her theology, she would have said, oh, okay, see you later. But you know, you know what? I can, I, can under, I can understand where she's getting mixed up because there were a number of television shows put on that were about the Bible, and they actually called the angels the watchers. And these were, these were the angels, uh, the archangels Michael and other angels and archangels. 
that were called the Watchers. So I can understand yeah. where she's getting the, the mix from. Mm-hmm. And so th- this could be a particular species of angel, mm-hmm. uh, humanoid, and probably native to Earth originally, dating back to Lucifer's kingdom, uh, talked about in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. Angels used to live here on the Earth before humans, and it was an entire kingdom that was here. Uh, and Michael might have been in there and part of that kingdom, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are considered watchers as well. But the bulk of the Watchers followed Satan, and uh, they sinned, and they're the ones that spawned all of this Genesis 6, you know, fallen angel stuff. Interesting. um, You see a mixture. So obviously the angels, they may have been Watchers uh, in Ezekiel chapter Mm -hmm. 1 and 10. All right, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our final break. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is John Millar. And when we come back, I'll tell you a number of websites that you can get more information on, uh, on John, and where you can also buy his books. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. John Miller is our special guest. And here's a couple of websites. The first one is thestrongdelusion.net. Then aliensinthebible.com. Another one is aliensandtheantichrist.com. On Facebook, it's John Miller. And uh, his, his books are available on amazon.com. He's a very busy man. First of all, John, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Great talking to you after all this time. And I'd also like to take the opportunity of thanking you so much for your service. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, So we've talked about angels, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, What do you think? Where are the angels now? And where do you think heaven Uh, is? There's some that are here on Earth right now among us. Okay. Um, in fact, uh, I think that they frequently will assume human identity, and sometimes they can even assume the identity. I think one of their frequent tricks is to be like doppelgangers, and they'll assume the identity of someone that you know. Right. It may even be in the same house as you. They could do something as cunning and quick as walking in the room, assuming the identity of your wife, say a comment to you about something and then walk into the other room and disappear and you would never know because you're never going to ask your wife, hey, what did you say about this or that? Uh, people don't cross-reference what, he, what we say, but half mm-hmm. the time when we do, we're saying, oh, I never said that or I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've, I've heard but that. But how yeah. many times has that ever happened? And we're like wondering, you know, I could swear I said that to you or did this happen or you were at this place at this time or whatever and... It's not the case. I think part of that, part of that could be uh, some visitors coming in and assuming an identity. Uh, so they are here. Uh, I, I think that they're here in multiple dimensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're also among the heavens, just like the Bible says in many different places. The 
heaven is a plural word. Uh, second heaven uh, is the most frequently used term. Um, Oranios in Greek, Shamim in Hebrew, 657 times used in scripture, and most of them are plural, meaning the heavens, referring to outer space. So that's why angels are synonymous with stars in another instance of many different scriptures, uh, because they live among them. Um, so that's where they're at. Um, and one thing I wanted to get in before, before the interview is sure. done is um, I have an email address, jmylor, M-I-L-O-R, J-M-I-L-O-R, at yahoo.com. And for anybody that would like uh, any of my books, just ask. You could email me, uh, and all I ask in return is to go on Amazon and give me a review. I'll email you an um, electronic copy of any of my books. And for any book, uh, free of charge, uh, just ask that you do me, uh, give me an interview. And uh, that's a standing offer for anybody out there that's listening. That's one heck of a great offer. I've got a question for you, my friend. Um, aliens are flesh and blood like us, apparently. But angels are invisible spirit beings like ghosts, right? Aliens fly in spaceships and use technology, but angels are spirit that don't need technology, right? How come? Um, angels are of another kind of flesh. So basically there's a difference between regular flesh like we have that's mm -hmm. mortal, we die, but angels have a glorified flesh. Um, humans will also have the same glorified flesh when they're translated in the future, when... Uh, following the resurrection. So a glorified translated flesh has the ability to assume a trans-dimensional structure and pop in and out of this dimension. So they're frequently confused as being non-physical, but the truth of the matter is they are every bit as physical as we are. They're just more. They have a glorified nature, and they're able to traverse dimensions with their bodies. Mm. Uh, what happens when a person dies, though, is they no longer have their body of flesh. So that person is truly spirit and does not have the physical nature anymore. But an angel does have a body. Um, fallen angels, typically, uh, you don't really read about fallen angels possessing people. You read about devils possessing people. Devils are the ghosts of Nephilim. They, their physical bodies died. So they are non-corporeal spirits that go around looking for people to possess. That's why they want to possess people, so they can have a body to manipulate and do things in the physical realm. Uh, so that's kind of a, a distinction, and I, I give a lot more definition to it, and I use scriptures uh, in both uh, Aliens and the Antichrist and the Strong Delusion. Do you think that we're in the end times and that the second coming of Christ is going to happen? I do believe that we're in the end times. Uh, there are over 300 prophecies uh, about Jesus that had to come true before mm -hmm. he returns, and every single one of them have happened. Uh, and the description of the world that we have today uh, very much matches exactly what Jesus said. Wars, rumors of wars, signs in the heavens. Uh, and I think that this whole alien phenomenon is yet another one of those signs uh, being watching for the sun and the moon and the stars and signs in the heavens, that the heavens will be shaken, that we'll see a return to the days of Noah. Uh, and that's what we're seeing with this whole alien phenomenon, 
is a return to the days of Noah. And I think that that's why uh, we're getting closer and closer, possibly to a day of uh, full disclosure, uh, when extraterrestrial life becomes a reality in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be yet another sign uh, of a return to the days of Noah uh, and uh, marking the closeness of the return of Jesus. You know, uh, concerning salvation, if it is true that there are ETs on other planets, then what makes Earth so special for God to visit Earth with his message of salvation? Why us? So this is something that I came across in Aliens and the Antichrist. Um, the people in the past used to think Earth was the center of all creation, and yeah. Copernicus was one of the first to, to speculate that Earth that everything didn't revolve around the Earth. Uh, and others later came and said, no, uh, planets are going around the sun. So the Earth is, the Bible is centristic on the Earth, but not because of Earth's place in the universe. It was a misunderstanding. And uh, I think Earth is central not because it's the center of the universe, but uh, or because it's the only place in the universe with life on it. I think it's central because the rebellion that we have across the vastness of the cosmos mm-hmm. in the heavens and on Earth started on Earth. Earth was the center of Satan's kingdom. Uh, if you read Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, it talks about Satan actually being in the garden of God, and he had a throne. Uh, so you can't have a throne without a kingdom, and so he had a kingdom here on Earth when he was glorified. So. Uh, read Isaiah 14 very carefully. Read Ezekiel 28 very carefully. And I, I discuss those. Those are very, very key scriptures, and they actually predate Adam and Eve. And they talk about angels here on the earth. And the rebellion that we see in the heavens, it actually started on earth, so God is putting an end to that rebellion on the earth. That's why the earth was chosen. Do you think we'll ever get it right? Do you think that we'll at one time understand that we are just such a small part of something that is so big. And do you think we'll finally understand that we can live together and that we can have peace and together we can solve all the problems and all the mysteries that are in front of us? We will understand that when the kingdom is here. So the glimpses that we have of the kingdom uh, coming here, mm-hmm. are they give us glimpses of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Uh, it actually says, give us this day tomorrow's daily bread. Uh, if you look at the actual wording in the translation of the Greek and the Hebrew, uh, tomorrow's daily bread is saying that we're getting blessings from the future. And those glimpses of the future are heaven on earth. And we will have a return to God's original creation, what he planned from the beginning. Uh but it's not going to fully be here until his kingdom has returned to this earth, as it discusses in the end of the book of Revelation. John, tell our listeners where they can get copies of your book and, and give, your, give yourself a, a good plug for your websites. We've got about a minute left. Okay. It's uh, www.thestrongdelusion.net. Uh, that also goes to the same website as two other uh, domains, so whichever are the easiest to remember, www.aliensinthebible.com and www.aliensandtheantichrist.com. So I have a bunch of links on those websites to go to all of my social media stuff. 
uh, I'm out there. I got my own YouTube channel if you want to see some videos of uh, me talking about some of the books. Uh, I have this like 16 minute presentation of the strong delusion on there uh, that ha has all these slides and tons of scriptures. You can pause it, you can read it. Uh, is basically a synopsis of the book. Um, and uh, I also have an Amazon author page and Facebook, and then, of course, my email. Right. And uh, I, I do personally correspond with people. John, we've run out of time for tonight. Thank you so much for being on the show, and I look forward. Whoops, daisies. Thanks, Craig. I look forward Thank to you. the next time you and I meet back here in the Exxon. Until then, take care of yourself, my friend, and God bless you. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like more information about our guest this hour, John Miller, aliensandtheantichrist.com, thestrongdelusion.net, aliensinthebible.com, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash John Millar, and of course, all his books are available on amazon.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. <laughs> 